it's time to get your geek on. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek. Here is your host, Todd, the 206 Geek. Hey everyone, this is Todd. I am the 206 Geek. This is episode 48, and uh, this is like my third time trying to record this. I've been having some issues with the clips that I've imported into my recording setup. It's not playing the whole thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the clips that I have, which are cutting off about halfway, it seems like. So you can hear at least the start of it. And if you want to hear the whole interview, I'm going to upload them to the website, 206geek.com. And um, you can click on the the interviews link, and it will have the... Uh, the interviews there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I've never had this happen before. So, um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start the first one, which was Keith Tucker, an amazing uh, artist. And he was an animator back in the 80s and 90s. Probably uh, any cartoon you watched in the 80s and 90s, he was probably a, a part of. You will hear about some of the stuff he's done in the clip that I have. And he talks about more of that stuff in the full interview, which will, like I said, be available on 206geek.com. Um, here's Keith Tucker. All right, we're, we're here talking to Keith Tucker, artist and, well, tell the people what, what it is. All around do. weird person. I, would, I think in the five seconds I've met you, I would agree <laughs> with that. Yes. Yeah, it's all wacky like, I have the big mic. And you guys have teeny tiny little mics. Yes, we have little baby little lapel mics, which, yes. But um, little baby he, mic. Keith is known for Excuse for doing all kinds of great. I mean, he's Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, Transformers, Ghostbusters. What's most known for? Transformers Generation One. Yes. <laughs> X Men, the animated series in the nineties. Spider Man, the nineties. Uh, all the best ones. Eighties and nineties cartoons. All the best stuff. I yes, think. actually. Not all of them, but there's a lot. Yes. So, we're here, so if you guys, there's a lot of, like, ambient noises. We're here at Ace Comic Con here on Saturday morning. We're acing it here. We are trying to ace it. I'm trying to, and he's got a nice booth here, so he's also dealing with people who are, he's vending, vending. I love vending. Yes, I have pictures and drawings and stuff. So <laughs> the fact that he's actually taking the time to meet with us is pretty yes, is thank awesome. You, thank you so for much that. for your time, Keith. You just shoved this microphone in my face. What else am I going to do? Right? <laughs> like, better to beg forgiveness than ask permission. That's my motto. That's a yeah. job for Bruce Banners. <laughs> Alter ego. For Roger Rabbit. Yes. Uh, Roger, I did not work on the movie. I did covers for the comic books for a couple of years. That's, that's brilliant, cover though. Artist. So when you were t we were talking that when you did Pinky in the Brain, so you you did the you did the you were the artist for this and you did the the drawing, but you didn't actually work with the you didn't meet the people who did the voices until later. Oh yeah, I was telling you that yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I was a storyboard artist. There are different production uh, jobs, and storyboard is one of them. We we we're like at. We're, we do the, we take the script and figure out what will be animated. Right. And uh, we all work in these office buildings, and 
as close as I ever got to uh, Maurice and Rob. Like I said, cuts right off in the middle of what he's talking about. And like, and also, like I said, the full interview will be available on 206geek.com. And you can just click the link that says interviews, and you'll be able to see all the interviews there. And um, so, yeah, I had a great time this weekend. Um, there was possibilities of talking to various celebrities that were there. But because uh, the... Because there was a lot of people there, because there was a lot of media outlets there, um, the bigger media outlets got preferential um, access. I think, and you know, and it's fine. I wasn't. I was shocked that I was even even asked to go to this convention, let alone have the possibility of talking to Chris Evans and Josh Brolin, which did not happen. Which is fine, um, but we did get to talk to some. Some really great people. Talked to some local artists in the, from the Pacific Northwest. We also talked to some people from other countries and other states. Um, so yeah, and uh, see, let's go on to the next one they have here. We have uh, a gentleman who did some really amazing artwork. His his uh, artwork is called Inner Demon Art, and you can find him on Instagram, Inner Demon Cross. Testing. Okay. So, um, I'm Mary Ann. I am a radio host of 104.9 KGH. And, and I am Todd, the, the Tuosis Geek. My podcast is the Tuosis Geek. Yeah, and we're with art, um, my artist up and artist, and uh, we promote artists. But, uh, and you are? I am Chris Holmes. I go by the artist's name of Inner Demon Artwork. And I love it. Your, um, your artwork is like. I can't even say, uh, like, how do I, no, I, I, how would you it, describe no, this? It, like, no, it's it, amazing. No, it, it stopped me dead in my tracks when I was walking by, and I was looking, and I, I stopped to look at it, it's so, like, oh, that picture, by the way, I, I need to have that picture on my wall. It's amazing, it's a killmonger, and by the way, yes, I, yes, yes, as uh, Auntie Katrina would say that, you know, with him, with his little, um, <laughs> little goosebumps on him, <laughs> so Auntie Katrina makes fun of me, she's another comedian. <laughs> makes fun of me for, for my obsession with Killmonger, <laughs> but uh, but this is it's an amazing art. I mean, it's like they practically feel like they're jumping off the page at you. It's, this stuff is so beautiful. Thank you, thank you. So, question: When did you start drawing? Um, since I can remember, which was about four years old. I'm 26 now, so I've been drawing really my entire life. And the colors that you, I mean, you, this is, what kind of medium is this? Because you were, we were talking, this wasn't like an oil and, and stuff, this was more of a... My beginner stuff used to start off as watercolor and gouache, and because I really, really hate mixing paints with color, I would scan them up and I would draw the, like the rest on my laptop with my graphic tablet, so I, I, was, I switched it up to digital, but um, a, a lot of times now, a lot of my anime stuff is done digitally, and a lot of my realistic stuff, I use the same effects that I would do on paper, or, 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 the, same, or the same techniques I would do on paper on my graphic tablet. This stuff is good. Do you have, okay, social media, sorry, I have to ask the social yeah. media question. Can, how do people find you on social media? Everything is all one word, inner demon cross. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely make sure that we're, we're putting 
a picture of this also on the websites and stuff on our different social media so that we can take a look. Um, why Marvel? Um, to be honest, I picked a, a lot of things to draw from. I started. Yeah. I knew that. I knew that, but I'm looking at. I don't care about DC. I mean, I, I started. I, I started with anime stuff first, but why did I start doing Marvel stuff a lot more? Is because when I started like really getting into the movies with with my my younger brother, he was like, man, like you you've been drawing so much other stuff. Why don't you try dabbling in the, in the Marvel stuff? And people kind of started liking it, so I just kept doing it. And I tend to overwork, so I try to knock out as many pieces as I can. Cause I've only been doing conventions for like two years now and I feel like I'm playing catch up to get, you know, my gallery as big as everyone else's. A little bit of a drive. I'm, I'm, I'm digging all this stuff here. He's, he's, I'm going to take a photo of this so everyone can see, but he's got like, he's got DC, he's got Marvel, he's got anime, he's got Dragon Ball Z. I don't know what this one is. What is this one right here? Persona. What is it? Persona. Persona, okay. I'm not a huge anime guy. I know what Dragon Ball is because it's, it's everywhere. But, uh, yeah, these are these are amazing. These, if I didn't know these were your drawings, I would say these were probably like screenshots from the show. It's funny. It's funny because the voice actor said the same thing until I showed them my process, and they were like, "Wow." Wow. <laughs> really? So you actually have had the opportunity to meet a lot of several of of the people that you've drawn. Yeah. Who are you? Who have you met so far? Um, I've met Amelia Clark, Denai Guerra. All right, so yeah, like I said, the the full interview will be available on 206geek.com. I, again, I apologize for the, it just cutting off right in the middle of his sentence. Um, so I'm, I'm actually uploading those right as I'm recording this, making sure they're all there so you guys can check it out. And then... Um, so and one of the other things that we saw there that was really cool when I first got there, I didn't realize these were carvings. I thought these were giant plastic statues that were brought in by the the, the studios, but there was a gentleman there at the convention that made these gigantic wood statues of um, of Thanos, and he also had one of. Uh, of Spider-Man. I think it looked like a Todd McFarlane Spider-Man too. So, and uh you can check out this guy's artwork if you go to instagram.com/akwoody71. And if you want to see that one I was the the photo with Marianne. And Marianne is a, is 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 about 5 foot 10. So that kind of gives you some scale as how big that statue was. So check out the the picture at uh, 206 Geek, um, at the Facebook.com slash 206 Geek. It's the profile picture. And it was it was a really cool weekend. Um, there was the Northwest um, Droid Builders were there. They were like the first thing I saw. When you first walk in the door, There's there was about half a dozen um, Astro Droids just kind of wandering around the floor, beeping around. And one of them, oh my God, it was so cool. One of them, um, had, um, I don't know how he does it or if he, if he has like a, a switch that just does everything, but he had this setup where, um, he could have it open everything, all the little, all the little arms that come out and all the little doors that open, have them all open at the same time. And then he makes that sound that R2 makes when he gets blasted by the, by the, uh, the Jawas, 
Wow! Beep 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 beep. It's that one. I you know I'm I'm not a special effects guy. Clearly, um, yeah, it was really cool. And uh, so, and then there was another guy who had an R2. There was like there was like three or four R2 D2s, and there was a, and there was a handful of others. Um, well, three. Um, well, there was a couple others at least that were that were not. Um, there was an R5, and there was. Uh, one the an R two that was black and I think burgundy colored. It looked really cool. Um, and then one of the one of the R two D twos actually had um, like running lights on the bottom of his feet. So when he was playing music, and he had he had the R two he had the Star Wars remix of "Staying Alive" playing, and. Uh, and at one point, he even had a little disco ball on top of his top of his dome that was lighting up. It was really cool. Um, I talked to those guys, or at least one of the guys there, and uh, this this is a clip from when I talked to them. All right, so I'm here at Ace Comic Con with the Pacific Northwest R2 Builders Club, and who am I talking to? Uh, my name is Scott Martin. I'm one of the builders here. There we go. Okay, so. And which one is which one of these droids is yours, sir? Uh, I have a black R5 Imperial droid. He's R5 J2. This guy. Oh yes, that's right. I saw him yesterday. Yeah. Very cool. So, what got you into this? Was it just the, just being a Star Wars fan, or was it just the idea of building one? Or I'm I'm actually not the biggest uh, Star Wars fan. Actually, my younger brother is is kind of a big Star Wars fan, and he built uh, uh, helped one person build a droid, and then he built his own droid. Gotcha. And just the, the act of driving it around and getting to puppeteer it and interact with people was so engaging. I had to have my own. I had to have that same experience. Um, so, yeah. on on average, what is it? how long does it take to build your own droid? It kind of depends on what materials you're making it out of. If you're making it out of um, like high-quality aluminum parts, you purchase from club members and get it powder-coated. It won't take all that long. Um, but if you're building it out of styrene, it can take years. But uh, my droid is mostly made out of wood uh, with some 3D printed parts and some aluminum parts, and it took about two and a half years. Oh, I wow. I wasn't working too crazy hard on it. it was right, it was like a couple hours a weekend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So and how long have you been doing this? Uh, I've been doing this for about a year and a half with the completed droid, um, but I took him out to some events when he wasn't completed. A lot of robotics events, a lot of STEM fairs. Nice. Show kids the inside of them and, and how uh, they could pretty much build one themselves if they wanted to. So at one at one point, he your droid was like had no skin and he was yeah just, no skin. He was all completely completely, completely yeah. naked. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, I kind of wish he was still that way. That way, I could kind of. It would be easier to show people what goes into them. You could always you could always build a second droid for that purpose. I don't have a big enough apartment. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine these take up a lot of room. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like having another person yeah. in, in your place that you know eats power and you know makes a lot of noise sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I don't have a garage, so that makes a difference. I know, think it, it makes a huge difference, and it actually restricts the amount of. Uh, uh, tools you have and what kind of time you can spend on it. So I had to take them and lug them down to my brother right. every weekend. Right. Remember, you, we were talking yesterday. You were showing me how like things are connected with with magnets, and you had all these things that come off. Now, do, does it 
break it down into smaller pieces, or is it just like a core piece and then some of the small things come off of it? Uh, yeah, I have a two-door hatchback. So to get him loaded into my small car, I take his legs off, I take his foot off, I take his head off, I pull him completely apart, put him into my car, and then when I get to an event, I have to pull up my stand and put them all back together again. It's it's a bit of an ordeal. A lot of a lot of people just have bigger vehicles that they can load the whole right, thing right. into. Um, like I know that some of the larger like aluminum ones, like this one here, um, you you can't really take them apart on the field. They're just too heavy. Right. I mean that that might be 300 pounds. Oh wow. So mine's about 120, but mine's not made out of metal. All right, so there we go. And like I said, the, the full interview will be available on 206geek.com, so you can listen to the whole thing there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. I mean, they were, he was showing me all kinds of neat things with the, with the droids and how they're built. And they even had a mouse droid, which is effectively an RC car with, like, some other circuit boards for sound effects and stuff. It was really cool. And um, he was like... Trying to get, I think they're there to kind of get more pe- more people into the into the building, and and we and I brief I I asked them about what they thought of the the droids being sold at uh, at the uh, Star Wars thing at Disneyland, and for twenty five grand he goes, well, you're you're spending a lot of money to do about a third of what ours can do. It you you would you would probably um spend less money to start with to build a droid and then you can add more functions to it as you go and it, it you could get you can go beyond 25 grand building a droid i mean depending on what materials you use what kind of electronics you use cuz not everybody uses the same type of control systems he was using a uh, PlayStation Move controller a bluetooth connection to it, and another guy had an RC controller, and uh, and but a, a number of them had the, the 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 PlayStation Move controller, which is you know it, if you don't know the what movie is it's it's it was the PlayStation equivalent of the Wii controllers. You know how you have the Chuck and you have the main controller. Well, the the controller they were using was the 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 PlayStation equivalent of the Chuck for Nintendo. So it was really neat, and it was. Lots of cool stuff in there, and um, we also talked with um, this gentleman. His name is um, Kevin Glover, and and I've 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 already uploaded his interview to the website, so you can check that as as well. And he did he did these. His website is fracturedscarytales.com. not fairy tales, scary tales, and T A L E S. So, fracturedscarytales.com. And he has he had some really cool stories. He had he had some comic books that were uh, gender bent universal monsters. So we had uh the the groom of Frankenstein. Yeah. The uh, the werewolf of Paris. So there were some really cool some cool things. And then he also had the the um, monster kids, which was kind of he as he said was like what if Teen Titans had gotten their powers from the Universal Monsters, which I thought was really cool. And uh, here, here is that clip. We give the artists the big mics. Oh, you know, I was wondering. You know, okay. Like, there we, go. we have these little uh, things. Are here. we recording? Yes. Okay, cool. So um, I'm Marianne. I am 
with uh, 104.9 uh, KHU Asian radio station, and this is I'm my Todd. cousin Todd with... Yeah, I'm the Two Assist Geek. I'm going to podcast here in Seattle. Well, howdy. Thanks for stopping my, my, my booth here. Well, yeah. we, so we yeah. kind of, we, we, we laid out the groundwork yesterday, some of the different artists and people that we wanted to talk to and interview this morning, and you were one of ours because... Oh, because you of like the monsters. U- well, and, and the uniqueness of this, yes. Oh, we well, like your you. twist on the, on the monsters that you have presented here, and I, I, I thought they were really cool. The, uh, the, the, the monster kids I thought was really, really cool. There's kind of a, uh, like you said, Teen Titans if they were Universal Monsters. Right, exactly. So, and I was uh, like, like, that's Dracula awesome. Dracula and Zomboy and Mummy's Girl and Frankenstein, all very friendly stories. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that was like, what, so... Tell us a little bit about how you write this story, and then who, who somebody, do you animate or does somebody else? I, uh, somebody else does the illustration, yeah. The illustration Actually, that particular artist is from uh, Egypt, and, um, and when, wow. I, um, when I came up with the story, I I'd auditioned like four or five different artists to try to find someone who, uh, who could give it the, the kind of friendly, uh, family-friendly vibe I was looking for without being too serious but not being too corny, uh, cartoony. And um, and I, when this guy from Egypt wrote me, um, at first I was a little worried, but his artwork really—it's fantastic. Uh, was, yes. Yeah, it's was, fantastic. Thank you. I was yes. really really pleased with what he does, and on a regular, consistent basis, a new one comes out about every four months, five months. Um, nice. And I write I write most of the stories. I created the idea. It's actually based on um, on a pitch for a TV show I did about 20 years ago that never got picked up, and it's been sitting in my in my back. All right. Yeah, it seems it seems as though it's even going less and less, and and I do apologize. But the full interview is available on 206geek.com. Just click on the uh, link for interviews, and you'll be able to re- hear the whole thing. And you can check out um, Kevin's website. Like I said, scary uh, fracturedscarytales.com, and uh, you can see some of the artwork there. The uh, monster kids. Fractured Scare Tales, Lady Frankenstein and uh, the Mummy's Brain, uh, Fabulous Frightmares, Monster Mashups, Starflake, the Cosmic Sprite. These are all the co- all the the things he has on his website. You should check it out. He's also on on uh, social media on Facebook. He is Fractured Scare Tales. Facebook.com/slash Fractured Scare Tales, and follow him there. Like his page. Um, find out when he's going to be coming to your area, and and if you want to see him in person, if nothing else, you should go to his website and buy some of his art, or find out where you can get it. All right. So the next thing, we, the next group of people we talked to was uh, a local convention called Geek Girl Con, and um, they were really cool. We 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 saw them on Friday night, and we talked briefly, and then we came back on Saturday and we talked to the the uh the head person i think it was so let's see where is that button and there it is hi i am marianne i'm with 104.9 khuh here in seattle radio and this i am is todd the two of geek with the podcast the two of geek and we are talking to i'm sharon magliano feliciano the president of the board of directors of geek girl con Geek Girl Con. So tell us a little bit what exactly Geek Girl Con. What is 
So we're a convention that happens here in Seattle, November 16th and 17th, and we celebrate all things geeky through a lens of inclusivity and, and diversity. So everything from video games and board games to comic books, art, music, anything that you might geek out about, we celebrate. Nice. Excellent. And kind of like a spin to obviously kind of the target audience being women? So the target audience is really anyone who supports women and other marginalized folks and supports them in their pursuits of geekdom. So we love to include everybody. Everybody's welcome to sit at our lunch table. And uh, we, we invite anybody who shares a love for that mission to come hang out and geek out with us. So what kind of artists, what do you have, uh, who is the... Who's your big draw for this year? So we actually haven't announced any of our feature contributors yet, so you'll have to keep an eye at geekgirlcon.com or our social media channels. When are we Those, for the big reveal? It'll happen pretty soon. July and August is usually when we start to reveal those things. Okay, so, so everybody all... Yeah, but I think... I, think some people will be pretty excited about some of the cool people that we're bringing, bringing out this year. Excellent. So, also, one of the things that we kind of talked about is, um, uh, like, some of the different things, like, I don't know, maybe having stand-up comedy, have, having, like, some female comics come out. And yeah, we're, we're always looking for ways to expand our idea of what geekiness is. People geek out about everything, right? And you might geek out about sports. You know, I geek out about lipstick. So there's lots of things okay, that you can geek out about. Hold on, hold on. You geek, you geek out about lipstick? I love lipstick. Why aren't you wearing lipstick today? Because I just ate. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I had done over. So like, I gotta stop. I gotta ask this one. I do have my limited edition 50th Star Trek celebration lipstick from uh, Mac in my purse right now, though. Ooh. I just, it wore off because I ate some chicken fingers. Okay. So the last thing I totally geeked out about, and they they kind of laughed at me, they thought it was hilarious. I I discovered a whiskey slushie. It's amazing. And I was like, yeah, I, I accidentally froze it. And it wasn't quite frozen, right? It was whiskey, my ice melted, and I'm too cheap to just throw it away. I love it. And then it turned into this whiskey awesome slushie. Oh, I like that. It's divine. I'm you so can geek out. About mixology, right? Yeah. Oh, right? I, I totally can. I totally can. So yeah, we're always looking to kind of expand that definition of what geekiness is, and we've had um, a female hypnotist at the convention. We've had an improv group. We have musicians. So it really is whatever you're passionate about. We're trying to get some representation for that at Geek Girl Con, so that everybody can have fun and geek out. Your, your fandom, your geekiness is, is, just, is, is just something you're passionate about. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's whatever you feel in your heart and you want to share that with the world. We want to help you do that. Yeah, part of our mission statement is that we celebrate unabashed geekiness. Nice. And we have, we're, you know, we're earnest, we're unabashed, we love what we love. There's no gatekeeping at Geek Girl Con, so if you self-identify as a geek, there's no tolerance for um, people. Wait, you're not a real geek. Exactly. Prove it. Um, that's something that we that we work really hard to avoid. How do you really prove that you're a geek? See, he's he's geek shamed me, and as far as geek shamed me and saying that I don't look geeky enough, like I don't I don't I need to nerd out some more. Like I don't look. 
Look, I've been a closet nerd my whole life. <laughs> I come from the generation where nerds got beat up. Yep. And so I had to be the defender of those nerds that were getting beat up because they couldn't tell I was one of them. So I had to jump in front of the bullies and beat them. All right. Again, like I said, all these all the interviews I'm playing for you, this is just a clip. You can hear the whole thing at 206geek.com. You can listen to the whole interview. And I'm actually just finishing uploading the last of those right now. Um, see. Oh, you know what? I, today on my way home from um, – because I, I, I crashed at, my, at Marianne's over the weekend. Uh, and on my way home, I stopped to – to the uh, the AMC theater in, in Silverdale, Washington, and saw the new movie yesterday, which was so good. Um, if you like Beatles music and you like a little bit of fantasy and science fiction, well, not so much science fiction, but f- definitely fantasy, um, th- the basics of the story is this. Uh, this guy, he loves music and he is... You know, pursuing his passion of writing and singing and performing music, and um, that he 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 gets he gets booked for a festival, and he's all excited. He goes to the festival and performs for two people. And as they were leaving his after his performance, he goes, "You know what? I'm done. This isn't going to happen. I'm over it. Let's move on." You know, and. uh you know, I should I should have said I should have said. Spoiler alert! Sorry, folks. Anyways, um, it he basically ha- what happens next is is um, he's riding home on his bike, and for about twelve seconds, all the lights across the globe go off, and he gets hit by a bus, <laughs> and then he wakes up in the hospital. And he's, you know, pretty broken up and, you know, he's recuperating and he goes to visit friends after he's out of the hospital and somebody buys him a brand new guitar because his guitar got run over by a bus. And they say, hey, play something, anything. So he's like, all right, cool. So he starts playing um, the Beatles song Yesterday. And all of his friends are completely blown away of how beautiful the song is. He goes, when did you write that? Because I didn't. Paul McCartney and John Lennon wrote that. The Beatles. The what? <laughs> yeah, so the whole movie is, for some weird reason, all of a sudden, um, he's in like an alternate universe where the Beatles were never a thing. And, uh, and he becomes this insanely popular musician because of it and I won't tell you the rest of the story because I want you to see this movie I've already spoiled enough um, I haven't spoiled anything major so don't worry about that go see the movie it's well worth seeing in theaters um, and if, if if you're still not sure you want to see it still see it in theaters go hit a matinee I think um, before noon is really cheap it's like less than less than Less than eight bucks. I think it was like six bucks for me today to see a movie. So that was awesome. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, and I I have I already have my ticket for the next Spider-Man movie. So I'll be talking about that next week. Um, 
And you know what? Uh, I will also be posting me and Marianne on our way home from the convention on Friday. We recorded on the drive home. I will also put that up on the website. You guys can check it out. Go to go to com, and it will be. You know what? What part of of uh, the website will I I put it in? I think it won't be under interviews because interviews is you know um, when we're talking to other people. <laughs> you know what? I will I will post it as a separate episode, so you will hear it here as just another piece from this weekend. And until next time, I've been Todd, the Two Assist Geek, and you guys are awesome. Thank you for listening, and. Um, if you guys would do me a favor, please tell your friends about the podcast. Tell them about the Facebook page. And if you are on iTunes or an Apple user, please give me a rating and a review. You know, whatever you think is constructive. Um, and if you're not an Apple user, you can go to Podchaser. Podchaser.com and search for the 206 Geek. And you can give me a review and a rating there. <clears throat> like I said, n- until next time, I've been Todd, and you've been awesome. Thanks. You guys have a great day.